Good morning. This is Attorney Vincent Davis, and you're on live on Blog Talk Radio. Um, Get your kids back now. This is a live show dedicated to helping people who are involved in family law cases, excuse me, in juvenile uh, dependency cases. Today we're going to be taking calls from the audience and we're going to be answering some questions um, from our audience. And we're also going to be talking about uh, something called the uh, arraignment detention hearing. It is the first hearing that uh, family is subjected to in the juvenile court when the social workers uh, file a case. Uh, Get Your Kids Back Now, this show is dedicated to keeping families together and to fighting the tyranny of CPS and DCFS social workers. A secondary purpose of the show is to educate parents and relatives, or to at least show them where to get the necessary information for their fight. The final purpose of the show is to remind the people that change can be effectuated at the ballot box, at the state and federal levels. Let us unite Vote and elect those who will make the necessary changes. Please, when you're voting this month here in California, uh, make sure that you pay attention to the votings or to the elections for superior court judges. We want to make sure that we um, elect judges and re-elect judges who are family-friendly and who will support families in the juvenile dependency court. Um, Right now, I'm going to take a call from one of our listeners, uh, area code 760, ending in 00. Good morning. You're on with Attorney Vincent Davis. Uh, Me? Yes, ma'am. No. Well, uh, my name is Sean. Um, oh, Sean, how I, are you? Yeah, fine, thank you. Did you um, have a question for us this morning, or did you want to share a story? Well, I guess uh, share a story because I think it's a little too late to help me anymore. I've been following your show and that for quite a while, but I started before my babies were gone. I have three, three babies. And they took them from us, my wife and I, not because we're drug dealers or drinkers or anything. In fact, I've been sober since 1994. And I told my wife before we got married that she would have to be sober, too, if we got together. And the only problem that that we had was that I was ill and couldn't work. And uh, I was having trouble getting my disability. So we had a lot of money problems. And the the landlord came through and turned off the water for the main house. And we were living in the guest house. And they were hooked together. So we lost our water, too, without anybody knowing it. And uh, but needless to say, uh, eventually CPS found out about it. And they took our babies from us. And because you that, lost your water? Yeah, water. That was it. That was water. That was the only thing? That was the only thing. That was, but then, 
the CPS worker, what the first worker we had, a gentleman named Jason, was so kind to us, and he actually tried to help. He tried to find, he tried to get our water turned on, uh, but they had this law where we lived that only the homeowner could turn it on. And after he turned it off, he had disappeared to Mexico on a vacation and where he basically lived on and off. And there was no way to find him. So we couldn't get our water on. Nobody could. The police tried. CPS tried. Family services. Everybody tried. And uh, because we lost the babies, too, we lost our income. And I was definitely ill. I was literally in and out of the hospital after that with pneumonia and uh, so on. And uh, so there was uh, um, no income. Uh, and uh, or very little income. My wife tried to work, but she was uneducated and couldn't really get a, a good job anywhere. And uh, we eventually got our babies back for like one month, and they were basically following us everywhere. And uh, the remember I told you the house we lived in had two parts. The lease that I had was for the whole property the main house and the guest house. We kind of shared the main house. Well, after the people were gone, we got the whole thing to ourselves. But even though we weren't living there, uh, I was in my dad's house by that time with the babies and my wife. And my uh, niece, who was living here with my sister in the house also, got uh, became ill and she was in a hospital in San Bernardino. My sister took off to go get her and she didn't leave us a key for the house and we were gone and we had nowhere else to go so we went back to our to the property where they had taken the babies from us but we didn't go back into the same house we went into the house next door which had everything perfect except no running water again We had electricity. We brought a ton of water. We brought drinking water. We brought water to heat up to give the babies baths and everything. You know, they were they were pristine. That was the word the the lady put in the report when they took them. And just that weekend, for some reason, the uh, owner decided to come and tour his property again. And uh, when he saw that we had, we'd only been there two days, you know, didn't have a chance to do anything. And uh, he saw there was no furniture. He called the cops and they called CPS. And away went our babies again, this time for good. Well, hold on a second. What county are you in? Uh, Riverside County, California. Okay, and where were you going to juvenile court in Riverside? Were you in Indio, Marietta, or in um, Riverside? Indio. You were going to the city, and um, when was the last time you went to court? The last time I went to court was almost two years ago when they uh, stripped us of our parental rights and gave our three babies... Uh, at the time, age two, uh, five, and uh, six, over to this gay couple who lives in San Diego uh, who wanted kids. 
both of the guys wanted kids, so they gave them all three of our babies. And do you have a, that do you, was. Do you have a copy of your court paperwork? I have a hundred copies of court paperwork. I have some here. Specifically, what? Uh, what part did you want? Well, I, I wanted to hold on a second. What I wanted to, sir? Yes. Um, I'm not sure what you're doing, but you're making a lot of noise and static. Okay, there you go. I, so I was going through a plastic bag. Okay, I'm not sure um, what your paperwork says, but I wanted to know if you can email or text me a couple of the documents. I'll tell you what they are. You email and text them to me, and I'd like to look at them and then talk to you further about this off the air. Can't you okay. sir? I said, okay. All right. So let me give you my email address. Let me know when you have a pen and a piece of paper. Yes. My email address is is V, as in Vincent, dot Davis, D-A-V-I-S. Okay. At Vincent W. Davis dot com. So I'd like you to email me the following documents, okay? You ready to write these down? Okay. Yes. Number one, your petition that started this case that was filed by the social worker. Number two, the detention report, and number three, the jurisdictional and dispositional report. If you could email me those and call my office. What was the last one? The jurisdictional and dispositional report. Jurisdictional. If you could and dispositional report. Oh, dispositional, okay. If you could email me those, I'd like to review them and call my office either today or tomorrow and make an appointment to have a phone conversation or a phone meeting with me sometime next week. Okay? Okay. Thank you very much for calling and thank you for sharing your story. Thank you. All right, I'm going to take another call right now from the area code 714, ending in 36. Good morning. Good morning, you're on the air. Hello? Hello? Okay, I guess you're not there. I will take another call. Good morning. You're on the air with Attorney Vince Davis. 
Good morning. Hi. Hi. Oh, I, didn't, I wasn't sure that it was me. Okay. Um, I have a question. Once CPS gets from you as far as the removal um, and they're uh, no longer available, no longer receiving your phone calls, what is it that I can do to um, make a complaint with that um, that office? I have tried to speak to the supervisor and then the supervisor's supervisor, and none of them will return my call. Um, is my only option to write a letter to um, Sacramento? Well, there's a lot of things that you can do. Uh, the first thing you can do, if you go to my website, you can up at the top there's a tab and it says file a complaint. That will take you to a California state website where you can file a written complaint uh, against a social worker. And you can do it all online. And um, right now, uh, Sacramento is taking, um, in my opinion, seriously, seriously taking uh, complaints made by parents and relatives against social workers. And they're actually, um, you know, allocating resources to investigate social worker complaints. In my opinion, if you complain to the local county office about a social worker, you probably are not going to get very far. Um, it's you know like asking the fox to uh, investigate the missing hens in the hen house. Uh, so you should probably make your complaints at the state level, but more so, you should be you shouldn't be calling. You should be emailing. Emailing gives you and gives the social worker proof that you are trying to contact the social worker for various reasons like getting your visitation, getting your services, and the such. The last and probably the most important thing is that you should talk to your attorney via email or phone and tell him or her the problems you're having trying to reach the social worker. Many times the attorney can just go to court or when they're in court and they'll see the social worker's attorney, you know, give him a note or tell him or her, hey, my client is trying to reach your worker on the such and such case. Worker won't call back. In a lot of, in a lot of occasions, most of those county counsel will then call or email the social worker and say, hey, you need to call that parent back. You need to address whatever concerns they have. So those are the things that you can do. But why don't you tell me a little bit about your case because getting if, if, the, if the social worker has taken your children, them not returning your call is probably not the biggest problem you have. So tell me a little bit about your case. Well, my main problem is that our son just doesn't want to be home. So actually what the hugest problem is is because he's um, – an adolescent, he doesn't want discipline or rules. Um, mm -hmm. When we try to give that to him, um, he comes up with, you know, twisting words around to um, get social workers to come out and, um, you know, they take what he says and, um, you know, turn it all around on us where 
call us abusive, you know, make all the false allegations in the world. And um, we haven't seen our son in about a month. Um, we voluntarily... When did your case... Sorry? When did your case begin? Our case began the beginning of this month. Okay. And how old is your child? Fifteen. Okay. Is he placed in a foster home, a group home, or with a relative? Um, I believe he's with a relative right now. Um, we we were told, you know, that he's refusing to come home. He needs to. Um, we can voluntarily, um, you know, give him seven days is what they told us. So we did what he wanted. We let him go where he wanted to go. We just, you know, wanted him to, you know, be happy and safe. So we went ahead and we did that. And um, upon the seventh day, they, without contacting us, not asking us anything at at that point, we were already willing to go ahead, and if he didn't want to come home, go ahead and let him stay with the relative. You know, no fight, no argument, nothing. What he wants, that's fine. But they went and they got a warrant, and they um, saw criminal history on that relative's um, background from... Uh, a very long time ago, and anyhow took him from there and placed him in foster care. We were notified after hours um, with a warrant that he was removed. We didn't know where he was taken to. Um, Like I said, it was after hours, so we couldn't get a hold of anybody, and that was on a Friday. So for that whole entire weekend, we didn't know where our son was. Um, Come Monday, because I told you that CPS does not return our calls, I text. Um, I don't have an email address. I was never provided with one, but I do have um, a phone number on which she has texted me before I text. And I said, where is our son? When when can we see him? And um, that is when she said um, he's placed in foster care. Um, that's confidential. There's a court date a few days later. Um, and I'm letting you know. And so uh, we went to court, saw lots and lots and lots of lies written about us. Um, The CPS took our words. They used what they could to try to make it sound like we're horrible. Um, It was incomplete. They didn't put a lot of the truth in there. Um, so we went to court and um, we didn't have a voice because we didn't pay for a lawyer. We don't have the money for a lawyer. So we had the court appointed lawyer, which is still, I feel, not having a voice. Um, the judge stated all the lies, she put it all out there in front of our family. And um, that relative cleared their record old, the criminal history, and right then and there the judge um, 
gave the custody over to that relative. And we had absolutely no say in anything. We have no visitation. I guess, you know, he doesn't want the visitation, so, you know, what can we say? Um, And that's that. But, um, you know, we were ordered to... um, There are still court orders, but there's no communication with the CPS. So um, it's just uh, at this point, I want to be very careful and not do anything else that they can twist around. So um, my form of communication has been through text, but I, I just, I really need to put it out there and make these complaints that, you know, these social workers, you know, they got the removal, they got what they wanted, and then it's just the cut off the contact. Are you, uh, what county are you in? I'm in L.A. County. So is your case in Monterey Park or Lancaster? Monterey Park. Okay. And how many times have you been to court so far? Just the once. Mm-hmm. What do you, what is your goal? What would you like to see happen in the case? Well, um, I'd like my son to at least be required to go to his doctor appointments and therapy appointments. He has yet to go to one, which they were saying that we were not taking care of his um, mental health, but yet they are not because had he been in our care, there he would have been doing it. So um, we would like him to get the help that he needs. Um, We would like not all contact to be cut off between us and our son. Um, We'd, you know, kind of like to be in the loop knowing what's going on with him. Um, If it was our choice, he wouldn't be staying with that relative. Um, That's kind of a tough one. Um, We'd like the charges to be dropped against us and voluntarily let him go if that's what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. Um, what type of relative is he with? Like a grandmother and a cousin? Yes. What? He's with his grandmother. On the father's side or mother's side? Mother's. And um, do you get along with your mother? Absolutely not. Do you feel that uh, your mother was has always been trying to get him to come with her? Yes. Mm-hmm. What I would do is um, I'd file that complaint that you were asking about, and I'd also write a letter or an email to your attorney uh, explaining what you want and um, to try to get your attorney to, you know, give you a little bit more attention to this case um, because as court-appointed attorneys go, your case is probably not at the top priority. Now, I may be wrong, but, you know, nobody got um, killed or injured or abused, you know, physically or sexually. It's just well, he a teenager. is claiming that he's been, a, 
he is claiming that he's being abused. What is he um, physically? Yes. Okay, so that's just his way to a uh, way of getting out of the house. Mm-hmm. So, one of the things that you're entitled to is you're entitled to have a trial. So, um, and that would require him to get on the stand, witness stand, and be cross-examined. And, you know, and sometimes in these cases, the judges do see through this and get to the truth. And they may find that he's not telling the truth, but they also may find that he can't return home because there's such a, you know, a conflict between him and his parents. Have you gone to counseling or talked to a counselor about this? Um, individually, individual therapy for myself. Or or with your husband. But I, I plan to. I have a an appointment, actually. So I, w- I would suggest that and see if you can get up some ideas from the counselor about how to deal with uh, your son and deal with this situation. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely but, going to do that. But if you want to make that complaint, um, you can make it uh, at, the, at my website or you can just Google it. Um, you know, are you on the Internet? So just Google, how do I make a complaint against a DCFS social worker? And all the online forms and the state website will come up. Okay. Um, I've searched, and it's not been easy, but I'll definitely go to your website and see if I can find it that way. Go to my website, um, www.com fightchildprotectiveservices.com and I have another one that's www.helpfightcps.com at one or both of those websites in the top right hand side of the page on the very first page there's a tab for file a complaint that will take you directly to the California State uh, you know complaint form and you can do it online I believe and submit it right then and there Okay. Okay. Perfect. Thank you so much. Well, good luck. And if you ever have any questions, give me a call at my office. Um, We give free consultations. So you can reach me at this number, 888-888-6582. Good luck to you, and thank you for calling me. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, I'm going to take another call. Um, Area code 818, ending in 4-2. Good morning. You're on with Attorney Vincent Davis. Hello? Good morning. Oh, hi. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Um, I am having a problem with the guardian ad litem, actually, being extremely and I'm wondering if you said something social ma'am are you are you in a cell phone because I think you might have bad connection because I'm I'm getting like every fourth word that you say okay is that better much better okay 
I'm having a problem with the guardian ad litem being extremely abusive towards my children and not doing, not acting in their best interest at all and actually completely blocking reunification and um, really just not, not, not doing anything that's in my children's best interest and being extremely abusive to both my kids and to me. What, what can be done about, you said you can file a complaint against a social worker. Can you, can you file a complaint against a guardian of item? Yes, but let me ask you a couple questions first, if I may, okay? Okay. Where is, where is your juvenile dependency case? What state and what county? It's in Hawaii. Uh, see, I don't, I'm not a licensed Hawaii attorney. Mm-hmm. So I can't I can't give you advice for Hawaii. Mm-hmm. But but I'm going to pretend your question is regarding California and I can okay. I'm going to tell you what you can do what you could do if you were in California. Okay. Before I tell you that I should also tell you that you should consult with your attorney or with an attorney in Hawaii so that you can get um, exactly what the law is in Hawaii. Having said that, if you were in California, you can make a complaint. You can make an official complaint against anyone in the juvenile dependency process. You can make a complaint against the social worker. You can make a complaint against the judge. You can make a complaint against the guardian at line. You can make a complaint against your own attorney or one of the other attorneys in the case. So yes, you can officially make a complaint um, regarding the guardian ad litem. Now, in California, the guardian ad litem has a very specific definition, so I don't know if it's the same as Hawaii. In California, the guardian ad litem is a person who acts as the the official representative of a particular party in a lawsuit. So we're getting some interference again. Um, so I don't know if it's the same in Hawaii as in California. Yeah, yes, it's it's supposed to be. Okay. Well, I hope that answers your question, that you definitely can uh, file a complaint. Okay. You know, and if I were you... You know, Google knows everything, so I would Google that, how to file a complaint against a guardian at line of, you know, in Hawaii. And you'll probably okay. get your answer, or you'll at least get started with finding an answer to that question. Okay? Okay. Thank you. What time is it in Hawaii right now? 5.30 in the morning? Mm-hmm. Is it Saturday morning or Sunday morning here? Yeah, Saturday morning. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for calling, ma'am. I appreciate your call. Thank you very much. Okay. We're about halfway through the show right now, and I'm going to now take some time to talk about the arraignment detention hearing. If you ever hear anybody use the term arraignment detention hearing, you're going to be speaking to somebody that's really old school. Because nowadays, it's just called the detention hearing. At the detention hearing, um, the court makes a lot of decisions 
uh, that can significantly impact your case as the case moves forward. Now, the detention hearing happens after the social worker has come out and taken your children, they call it detained your children out of your custody and has placed them either with a foster care provider or a group home or with a relative um, foster care placement. Uh, That's where someone in your family has uh, stepped forward and asked to take care of the children, which in most cases, if you have a friendly relative, you know, that's probably the best situation. But we just had a caller earlier where the child was placed with the maternal grandmother. And of course, the mother in that case didn't get along with the grandmother. So that's not going to be a good placement for the child as far as the parents are concerned in terms of eventually uh, reuniting with their child. The parent is supposed to receive notice of the arraignment detention hearing um, by way of personal service, and that rarely occurs uh, in cases that I've been involved with. Uh, You're supposed to get a piece of paper that tells you the date, time, and place of where you're supposed to be going. Uh, That type of notice is required by the 14th Amendment to the United States Constitution, uh, due process and notice. Um, But it's rarely done here in California, and and usually um, what happens is you find out that you have a court date and a court time by the social worker calling you. In the old days in in Los Angeles County, they used to also send you a um, telegram, Um, but uh, they don't do that anymore. And I've always wondered why they don't do the notices via text or email. Um, Not that that would be constitutionally sufficient, but it would at least be better than a phone call, in my opinion anyway. Uh, At the arraignment detention hearing, If you don't have an attorney, an attorney will be appointed to you, uh, a public defender or a court-appointed attorney, to represent you and your interests if you're a parent. If you are a relative, um, at this stage of the case, you usually don't have standing and won't have an attorney, and you won't be appointed an attorney. And if you bring an attorney with you, um, that attorney will have limited access to the court and to the process. Some judges will let that attorney appear on the case. Most judges will not let that attorney even appear on the case. Um, When you arrive at court and you check in, uh, they will usually tell you what courtroom to go to. Um, So when you proceed to that courtroom and you check in with the court, you want to make sure you check in with the bailiff in that courtroom to let the bailiff know uh, that you are there and that your family's there. In most cases that I've done, you know, all over California, it's the bailiff who checks people in. Once you're checked in, at some point, the attorney that you bring with you or the attorney that's been appointed to you will be given what's called um, the petition and the detention report. Uh, The petition is the piece of paper or page pieces of paper that the social worker has filed against you alleging some sort of child abuse uh, or risk of child abuse. 
and there'll be a detention report also filed with the court that you'll get a copy of, which explains everything um, uh, about uh, the allegations in the petition. It will be the actual social worker's story against you. Before you ever go into court, you want to make sure that you have your own copy of that petition, your own copy of that detention report. You're entitled to it by law, and you want to read and review it. It may take you an hour or two to go over that thoroughly, and then you want to make sure that you have sufficient time to speak to your court-appointed attorney or your private attorney about the and the detention report and what's going to happen in the courtroom. So all of this can, you know, may take a number of hours. So be prepared that on your first day, even though the court hearing itself may be very short, the things leading up to it may take a few hours. And you want to be prepared when you go in court, in the courtroom to see the judge. I'm going to break right there, and I'm going to take another call from area code 209, ending in 80. Good morning. You're on with Attorney Vincent Davis. Hello. How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you? Good, thank you. Did you have a question or a story for us today? Um, a kind of a question. Go ahead. I I um I was out of town for overnight. I took my two little kids and my 17-year-old to do some business just overnight and I left my extremely responsible 13-year-old with my other 13-year-old, my 12-year-old with uh my son's girlfriend lives just down the street. So I didn't really worry and then my in-laws live not too far from my house. He's really good anyways. He's watched him before. Well, I had CPS come in, tried to break down the door to get in my house for some odd reason. And they said that I was not allowed to leave my 13-year-old home, nor my 17-year-old. No one's responsible unless at the age of 18. Now, I've looked everywhere for California. Is that true? Because I've seen it where it's up to the parent's discretion. Yes, I, I would have to agree with you, especially if the child is 17 or a very responsible 13-year-old. You know, But it, it all depends on the facts and circumstances. I mean, I guess there would be a problem if you were going to go away for months at a time, but if you were just gone for a few days, um, I don't see a problem with that. I didn't Did either. They try to take he's, your- he's, done it, he's done it before. He, they said if I didn't get my in-laws there, they would take my kids. So my in-laws came right over and got my kids and scared scared the hell out of them because this, because my 13-year-olds, never, you know, we don't, they don't ever go through any of this stuff. It's new to them, new to all of us. Mm-hmm. Well, you didn't, they, they didn't try food, to. Make sure they did their homework. Sorry, what did you say? Uh, they they ended up not taking your children, correct? They did not take my children, but when I met with her the next day, she said that they're substantiating it and putting it against my record as a neglect charge. 
Okay, well, so when they put that in writing to you, there's going to be a process for you to uh, appeal that, and you want to make sure you file for the request for the appeal within the uh, timeline that they set forth in that letter. Sometimes they give you a timeline of seven days, 10 days, or 30 days, but make sure you request that appeal uh, within that timeline. And then, once you get that back, you can call me and I can tell you exactly what to do to try to win your appeal in that case. I see your area code 209. What what state and county are you in? I'm actually in Orange County, California, but I used to live up north. Okay. So um, the social worker you were dealing with was from Orange County? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So and she, she responded to me telling me my, my 13 year old is extremely responsible acting, extremely mature, but what was I thinking? She didn't make sense when she was talking. So, what you want to do is you want to make, you make sure you email her. And by the way, for the audience, because someone asked me this earlier, you can get a social worker's email by calling up the office, the main number, and asking for their email address. Um, I think I read something or heard something where you you have a right as a client of the social worker to have their email address because it's such an accepted form of communication these days and it's free and there's a record that of communications going back and forth. So tell you know, email the social worker, say you'd like the letter saying that you substanti- that she substantiated the neglect charge and then you should file the uh, appeal, and the letter will tell you exactly how to do it. Okay. 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 Do and I have to go to court for me? that, or do they do it through the email? I mean, through the mail. Uh, you you can file the complaint versus through the mail, but eventually you'll have to go to the social worker's office, where there will be an administrative hearing. And you can probably get this overturned. Because if you don't get it overturned, they're probably going to list you on the California Child Abuse Index. And that may prevent you in the future from doing certain things and then working at certain jobs. For example, you may not be able to be a coach on your daughter's or son's uh, softball team. Or you may not be able to be a church leader with your kids at a church outings and stuff like that. So it's important that you should get off of that. Make sure that you're not on that list. And from, in my opinion, you know, my humble opinion, I don't think anything that you told me uh, tantamounts to child abuse or not child neglect. I want to thank you for calling in this morning, um, and I appreciate it. And call me in the future if you have any further questions, okay? That sounds good. Thank you so much for your advice, and you have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, I'm going to take another call right now from area code 424 and ending in 89. Yes, good morning. How are you doing? Good morning. How are you? Did you call in with a question or a story? Um, I'm calling in with a question instead of regarding um, dealing with them. Go ahead. Um, yes, uh, I have. Um, I spoke to you a long time ago. I thought my case would be over with. 
Um, also, um, I'm dealing with, I have a special needs son that's 10 years old, and um, he was fully poly trained. The caretaker has put him back in diapers. They have cut his hair off. I was going into, I finished all my classes and everything, and they came up with a 7.30 evaluation for me to do. So I did the 7.30 evaluation. When it was time for me to go into court, my attorney was just like, he didn't have the report. He, you know, he was kind of angry with me because I got mad at him for him to wait till after 11 o'clock at night to call to tell me that he didn't have a copy of the report when I'd been calling him all week for him to get that report because the doctor had rushed the 7.30 evaluation report in time for me to go to court, but he does not seem like he's for me. My judges keep getting changed. My lawyers keep getting changed. That's a very unfortunate unfortunate situation. Um, But did you have a question for me about that? Yes, my question is, is, are they allowed to change attorneys right when you try to get your kids back after completing everything? Are they allowed to just change attorneys? Well, that's a very interesting question. The technical answer, in my opinion, is no. But it happens a lot, especially if you have court-appointed attorneys, because what happens is your attorney may have been transferred to another courtroom. Your attorney may be out on sick or maternity leave. Your attorney may have quit and gone to work someplace else. So, you know, or your attorney may have gotten a promotion and, you know, was no longer in that court. So, you know, there is a lot of reasons why you would get a new attorney. Um, Now, if you do not feel comfortable or prepared with that attorney because it's a new attorney, you should tell him or her about that, and perhaps the judge will give you a continuance to you know meet and t- further strategize with your attorney and prepare. Um, because if there was a 7:30 evaluation, you know things are getting serious, or for you to get an, an attorney of your own. And just so the listeners should know, um, a 7:30 evaluation refers to California Evidence Code 730. And it is a, a code section that allows a court to appoint an expert in uh, certain areas to help the court to, or to assist the court and the parties in making determinations you know, about the case. In this particular scenario, when it's a juvenile dependency case, generally they want to make sure that you know, uh, there aren't any uh, issues with the parent emotionally or psychologically or, you know, or even with the child emotionally or psychologically. And that's why they order, in most cases, a 730 evaluation in juvenile dependency court. Um, let me ask you something. When Do you know what stage of the case your case is in? Do well, you know if you, are you predisposition, post-disposition? I have or no do you clue know? because... I have no clue. One of my kids were taken in October from a teacher dragging him, and there was a police report made, Then they waited a year and a half later and came back and got my two other little ones. Now, July would be a year for my two little ones to be gone, 
in October be three years for my other one. And I'm not getting anywhere. It's like he never really had a fair date in court. He's never been in court. It's always like them doing runarounds as that. I've completed parenting, anger management, counseling. I just, and then they said my 730 evaluation that the doctor recommended that I got a lifetime of counseling. I, I called my counselor. She said she's never even heard of that. Well, it sounds like you're at a critical part of your case. And what I want you to do, because we don't have time to do it on this one-hour show, Mm -hmm. is I'd I'd like you to call my office, make an appointment to speak with me next week sometime, and Mm -hmm. I'll go over your case in detail with you. Um, And I noticed from your telephone area code that you might be local in the Los Angeles area. And if you want to do that meeting in person, it's free. It's a free consultation. Um, I'd be willing to do that. So if you have a pen, I'm going to give you the telephone number to call from my office. And you can call right now. Uh, there's somebody mm-hmm. at my office. Well, they'll be, there. they'll be there at 9 o'clock. You can call them after mm-hmm. 9 this morning and make an appointment to see or talk to me. Are you ready to write down the telephone number? Yes, sir. Okay, it's 888-688-6582. That's 888-688-6582. Call and make that appointment. I'll look forward to meeting you. Thank you very much for calling this morning. Thank you so much. You have a blessed day. Thank you. Uh, instead of continuing my discussion about the arraignment detention hearing, I'm going to take a few more calls. We've got a lot of calls in the queue, and the show is we're running out of time. So the next call I'm going to take is from area code 909, ending in 5-4. Good morning. You're on with Hello. Attorney Vince Davis. Hi. Did Good you morning. have a story or a question? Good. Question. Story? Okay, go ahead. My question is, is I feel like I've done everything that the court has requested from me, and I don't feel like they're going to release the children to me at my next hearing date. So I'm asking, what more do you think that they're asking for me to do, if anything, or if it's just one of their, like, strategic games that they play to continue on? Uh, it could be all of the above, but um, let me ask you this. When's your next hearing and when's your last hearing? June 13th, and the last hearing was in March. So this is basically the jurisdictional hearing is next. You haven't done the jurisdictional hearing yet? No. Um, there are time limits, and you're way past the time limit. Where what what uh, you're in California, I assume. In what county are you in? In Los Angeles County. Oh, you have a case in uh, Monterey Park. Yes. Okay. Well, what, this is what I would suggest because it's hard for me to say a lot of things without, you know, reading your file. Um, and if you want to call my office and make an appointment to talk to me for free, the initial consultation, please do so. 
Oh, you retained us. I already yes, and that's why I'm calling. <laughs> okay. Well, this is what you should do. You should call my office after nine this morning and say, hey, I talked to Vince on the radio this morning, and I need to have an appointment with him uh, ASAP. Um, And we might be able to meet on Tuesday. Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, I'm going to be out of town, and and then I'll be back on Saturday. So I'll be taking appointments on Saturday. So see me, make an appointment for Tuesday. Uh-huh. The MAT assessment uh, uh-huh. assessment report is going to be, um, that meeting is going to be held on Tuesday afternoon. And so the DI uh-huh. is going to be there, the social worker, the MAT assessor. And, um, where, are your children, where are your children right now? Um, they're placed with family. Do you get along with that family? Not necessarily. <laughs> As much as I'd like okay. to. No, no. But I, yeah, no, no. I want you to be honest. I make I want you to be honest. Um, do your children have any special needs? No. Okay. So in my opinion, you do not have to be at that mad assessment. Okay, because the DI said and the social worker is basically saying if I'm not there, they'll write in the report that I'm not being cooperative. Oh, I'm sure they will. The problem is if exactly. you're there, they, if you're there, they might get evidence to further use against you. So right. on a scale of one to ten, that's a that's a ten. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. if they write you're uncooperative. Like that's, yeah. You know, if you're uncooperative, that's a five. So what do you want, the five or the ten? Right. Right. But. That's the thing is, like, uh, my attorney wasn't going to be available, and they're not willing to reschedule. um, I feel like I'm in a tough place. Who at at my office was uh, was working with you? Ms. Wilson. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah. No, she's wonderful. What time is the – Right. 2.30. What time is the meet? 2.30? Well, you call yeah. my office after nine today, and you fi- okay. and you said it's on Tuesday. I will I will still yeah. be in town on Tuesday, so you ask them if I'm available, and if I'm available, I'll go with you to the meeting. That would be wonderful. Okay, and then That's if really- you don't, and if I'm not available, I still want you to call me uh, and leave a message because I'll call you back, and I'll make sure that someone from our office is there with you, okay? Okay, right. When the DI investigator um, interviewed me, I did take the advice and I told her, you know, any allegations or anything in the past history in the petition that you'd like to discuss, I would rather not because it hasn't been adjudicated yet or heard. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she really was like, oh, I understand, but I'm going to put here that you're not, you know, that you're not cooperative mm-hmm. about discussing anything in the allegations. That's their way of trying to tell you. Yeah, that's their way of trying to pressure you. Yeah, I felt very pressured. Very pressured. But, okay, I'll go ahead and give your office a call at 9. Okay. Um, And hopefully I'm available and I'll go go to the meeting with you. Won't that be a blast? I would be so pleased. (laughs) All righty. Thank you for calling into the show. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day.
You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. I have time. I'm going to try to take one more call. Area code 323, ending in 40. Good morning. You're on with Attorney Vince Davis. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. We're running short of time, so I let's know. get right to it. Did you have a Did you have a question or or a tell a story? I have a, a both, but a, a, what I this is my situation. My kid being removed from my house, allegation uh, mm-hmm. allegation of sexually abuse and neglect. In my case, my husband was abusing my daughter, which I'm not aware of that. I don't know how that happened. And there's three kids mm-hmm. that have a special need. Right now, they're in mm-hmm. foster home. Uh, as you can understand, I was taking care. I was living from that in-home support service, Social Security, and right now I don't have money, and I'm looking for your help. I mean, I don't know how can I afford how much I need to give it to you. I already called you, but I'm not, I don't have the amount that the person asked me to have it. Yeah, but I okay, really well, what's fa- your first name? What's your first Maria name? Maria Perez. No, not your last name, your first name. Maria, <laughs> it's I'm sorry. All confident. Okay, <laughs> yes, okay Maria. This is what we're doing since we're running out of time. I okay. want you to call my office after uh, 9 o'clock today. Okay. I want, you, I want you to make an appointment to talk to me today okay. and um, tell them you talked to me, and I told them to squeeze you in, and I will talk to you today about helping you, all right? Yeah, because I feel like that attorney that was pointed to me is not helping me. I feel like this is okay. taking forever. I'm going to go to trial. Okay, so you have a court-appointed attorney now. We'll tr- we'll help you in this matter. Call this morning, okay? Okay, okay thank you. Well, thank Bye you. Now. I appreciate that. All right. Okay, so we're really running out of time. Let me say this in closing. I'll see you next week on the radio at 8 a.m. when we'll be finishing our discussion about the uh, detention hearing and the arraignment detention hearing. Remember, vote. Vote for family-friendly judges uh, here in California. Uh, Election Day, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.